This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. This, of course, is Cruise Control, the car show here on BFM. I'm Rich Bradbury and joined on the phone lines, it is Ali Johan from BFM, of course. Say hello, Ali. Good evening. Happy to be here. And from dsf.my, it is Daniel Fernandez. Say hello, Daniel. Hello, everybody. And just a quick check, it's no longer BFM, the business station. It's BFM, the car and business station. (laughs) Well, there you go. Thank you very much for that. Now, uh, of course, a show in three parts. We've got some stuff up at the beginning. Uh, Some BMWs, the iXs, the M2s. We've got a Toyota Land Cruiser and some uh, new Volkswagen trademark uh, coming up all in round one. In round two, a discussion. Stranded luxury cars. What are they doing? Have they been abandoned? They're just floating around the side of the federal highway. Why? We'll talk about that too. And then at the end, it's a car review. The Toyota GR Corolla. That's all coming up throughout the show. Stay tuned, of course. Now, kicking us off. Ali, what have we got? This week, BMW got us all excited with two very, very nice launches. Uh, first, they unveiled the BMW iX M60, an all-electric SUV with a range that goes up to 561 kilometers, 619 horsepower, 0 to 100 in 3.8 seconds. iX M60, Daniel. This is, uh, I have to use the word, a ridiculous SUV. <laughs> <laughs> but let me qualify myself. It's a beautiful looking vehicle. You get inside the touch and feel points. It's dazzling. I'll use the word dazzling. But why I use the word ridiculous? Because the power delivery is just, it's its too much. Like, it's too much. You know, this kind of horsepower, it gives you a 0 to 100 time in 3.8 seconds. That's ridiculous. This is a family vehicle. You're supposed to be going to the supermarket, sending the kids to school, doing the office run, maybe once in a while go to the go-kart center to have some fun. Not doing 3.8 seconds and chasing down some supercar along the highway. This is just ridiculous power delivery, but it's an awesome-looking vehicle. It does look very nice. And you know, somehow or other, that grill, which a lot of people initially hated, and I remember even you making a comment about it, Richard, and I also making a comment about it, right? Now it's mm. growing on us, isn't it? Maybe. 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 <laughs> not sure. Not sure. But you know, it's 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 BMW design philosophy. They will be really out there in some new vehicle design and it slowly grows on everybody. So this is probably going to be the most awesome, powerful electric SUV for 2023. I don't think there's anything else more powerful coming in 2023, not that I know of. Um, of course, we have other vehicles being launched. Some already launched and not delivered yet, but this kind of power delivery from from BMW M is just ridiculously fast. Rich, get this. You know, inside it, you get an emotive sound design by Hans Zimmer. Ooh. Does it sound all, all orchestral then? I as bet it does, right? I bet all the strings and car. violins. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This awesome yet ridiculously powered vehicle sells for only, and I use the word only because in this realm of money, Money earners, uh, this is the only price. 630800 Woo! If hmm. you think about it, that's not a lot of money in this segment, you know? Ah. And because it's completely tax-free, because now electric cars are tax-free, you get this price. Now, if they had to put tax on it, you're looking at past a million ringgit. Or, if you choose to take a loan, the installment plan starts from 7000 
400 ringgit a month. Hmm. Huh. I think I'll, uh, I'll I'll be passing on this one just for now. Okay. <laughs> just for now. Just so for yes, now. the iX M60 uh, new all-electric SUV by BMW. Now jumping on to a petrol car, they uh, they also launched the new M2 Coupe. Now, can you imagine this car small, compact, a real BMW M2. I mean, when I say real because M cars were associated with petrol-powered cars, not electric-powered cars, but they know now because of the transition. So this is a six-cylinder twin-power turbo M engine producing 460 horsepower, 550 newton-meters of torque, which is about half, about half the power output of the earlier-mentioned M electric vehicle. Now, the 0 to 100 acceleration time of this vehicle, even though it's half the size, is just 4.1 seconds. Wow. That means that M vehicle is faster. Can you believe it? Hmm. You know, that, that's, how, that's how powerful it is. So this one, for people who still want to sniff some petrol, who still say, no, I don't want an electric car, I want a real proper M car, 589,900 ringgit, which is not too bad if you're in that earning power. So how much money, some people ask you, how much money do I need to earn to afford this, right? Hmm. So the estimated monthly instalment starts at about six thousand nine hundred, which is about seven thousand ringgit. So to be safe, you should be earning about twenty one thousand ringgit. Okay. Because they say your car instalment should be about one third of your earning power. If you're supposed to have one third of your salary for uh, your car, right. one third of your salary for your housing, right. one third of your salary for your groceries and everything else, how do you save? Well, you see, that's where groceries, you try and save half because you eat in the office, because there's an office pantry, right? <laughs> ah, I'm just, you know, just, just doing my maths. Because, because every time I come to the BFM office, there's a lot of food in the pantry. Don't tell people that. They'll start coming around. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, um, the BMW M2 Coupe, how well do you think this car is going to do in the market? Okay, I don't think it's going to sell in large numbers because... This segment of the market, there's just too many players. There's too many sports cars also available. And then you got, you know, lower price sports cars that can do about the same kind of power delivery. Then you got hot hatches. So it's it's a tough market to play with. But, you know, 20, 30 cars a year, I think for the first run, shouldn't be a problem because there's enough people out there who want cars like this. And if you look in the used car market, there's quite a number in the used car market of you know, the older model. Right, so those are two new BMW cars, uh, one electric, one petrol-driven sports car out in the local market. Now, we're going to go to some global news because this week we just had a look at a new Toyota Land Cruiser 250 and it's technically a rebranding from the outgoing Prado J150 and looking at the shape here, it's boxy, it's imposing. What are we feeling about the new uh, Land Cruiser 250, guys? I like the look of it. It looks like a Tonka toy. Exactly. It looks exactly like a Tonka toy. Almost like the new Land Rover Defender. Mm. Yes. I think the Defender has started a trend among large SUV manufacturers. They're all going for that big, boxy, intimidating look. You know, And you know, like this one, can you imagine? Mm. They, they are providing it with two facial uh, designs. One with square lights and one with round lights. Yeah, and I'm I'm looking at the two of them and I'm like, which one do I prefer? I think I prefer the round lights. Same here, because the round lights seems more retro, right? Yes. Ah. Ali? Hmm. I'm siding with the square lights, actually. 
Of course, ah. you just have to do that, don't you? <laughs> no. You just have- the square lights remind me more of the Range Rover. You're talking about yeah. the Defender, right? Yes. Whereas the round lights, one look you'll think is the older Prado. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah, so this big four-wheel drive comes with a wide variety of powertrains. they got three variants uh, with petrol engine and two diesel variants as well. Daniel, um, what's the ballpark figure of a car like this going to cost? Okay, first of all, I'm going to give you the sad news. The sad news is I don't think it'll officially come to Malaysia anytime soon, maybe not at all, because the last two or three generations of the Land Cruiser also did not come. The last Prado we had was like two decades ago, you know? Mm. Mm. And then after that, it was just grey importers bringing in the, the TX and the TG and the TF and all that, which are other variants from Japan. And then, of course, we had some bigger ones coming in, you know, later on with the four-liter engines and all that. But I think... Toyota in Malaysia decided that this is a very niche market. You can't do a lot of numbers. They've also got Lexus in that dimension. So let's let's keep it with the Lexus brand. And then you've got the Europeans who've got fantastic SUVs with this size. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're thinking we'll keep it, you know, as a, as a private import, let people bring in themselves. So that's quite disappointing. But if you think about it, this is priced overseas at 40,000 US. Okay, starting price is 40,000 US. So that's about 170,000 ringgit. So if you if you add on the tax and everything else, you're looking at past 300,000 ringgit. Yeah, mm. easily. And once you go past 300,000 ringgit, the options are so much, you know, in terms of the European brands. And of course, the Defender is 600 plus, so you can't, you can't touch that. But, you know, the Germans, the, 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 the Italians, the, you know, the Japanese, the other brands, they all have something to offer. So mm. not going to be so easy. And then you must also think, you still have Jeep. Grey importers bringing them in, and they're about two hundred thousand. They're about the same size, and they also look uh, roughly the same. Mm. They do. They Actually, do. You're right. Yeah. Okay. <sighs> okay. Yeah. Well, f- thanks for uh, you know. Disappointing your bubble. Us, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you were planning to buy one, Richard. I was just looking at it thinking that's a very nice car. That I wouldn't mind one of those. Uh, uh, I could eventually get one of those when I'm probably ninety. You know. <laughs> right. But there you go. Uh, let's jump on to two other quick uh, global headlines. Volkswagen. So not too long ago, it was confirmed that the German company would stop production of its uh, popular golf hatchback in Europe, especially. This is due to the strict regulations. You know, they want to uh, phase out petrol engines and want to use more of electric engines. Now, the brand is hinting that its Golf GTI may even go electric with a nice little uh, new logo on the car. Yes. So, what are you guys thinking when you see this? I'm thinking it's going to be an electric version of the GTI. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. So, obviously, it's going to be electric car, but I think it's a mistake. It's a big mistake. Hmm. Because GTI, come on. You know, it's it's iconic. It's been on for decades. Everyone knows that GTI is, is you know, hot hatch, petrol driven, everything else. Okay, if you're going to go all electric, so why do you need to change the I to electric bolt? You know, you, how do you write it out? GTI. <laughs> so if I, if I wanted to do an article, a review of this car, what am I going to say? GT bolt? GT Lightning? Yeah. You'd you know? still put GTI, right? You, you put like 2024 GTI, 2025 yeah, GTI. But you know, someone in Volkswagen, I think, has gone a little bit sideways because first they got rid of the Beetle, you know, and that was such an iconic vehicle, right? That was such a big mistake. Yes. And I'm, come on, look at it. The Aura Good Cat is a Beetle, you know, mm-hmm. and it's doing so well. So they got rid of the Beetle and then they got rid of the Combi and then they brought it back. Mm. And they brought yeah. it back as a fully electric vehicle. But when they mm. were when they were retiring it, they said, "No, it'll never come back. That's it, finish, and all that." So I think I think this is another maybe a little bit of a speed bump somewhere. Someone has you know hit their head, maybe got lightning bolt or whatever. <laughs> you can't take away the GTI. They're, so, they're not taking away Daniel. They're just evolving. 
well, as we go down further with the news, I'll tell you what's evolving. Okay, never mind. You continue with the with the GT boat. I mean, Daniel, <laughs> uh, are you expecting uh, VW to produce from scratch an all new kind of electric car? I think electric cars should be electric cars. You see, like okay, look at BMW. They've still got the M2, and then they've got the the i series, which are all electric cars. Mm-hmm. At some point, maybe the M2 will be discontinued. For example, right? They might say, okay, no more petrol-driven cars at all, so no more M2. But you have like an M2 Lightning Bolt or M2 <laughs> IX, you know. So mm. you must you must differentiate because these are iconic names, iconic products. Mm. Please don't get rid of them. Please don't alter their image. You know. There's a bit of legacy going on here, I guess, with these some yeah. some models. I'm an old man, lah. I'm I'm a automotive old man. That's the problem. Yeah, but I get you. Some models should not be touched. I think you can evolve yeah. some models, but not all. Does Volkswagen have uh, a, an EV at all right now? They do have EVs. They're they're coming out with a whole range of EVs, and they're very good EVs because, of course, you know Volkswagen, the group, they partially own uh, Porsche and mm. Skoda and Seat and and all these other brands. So they have the electric car technology. There's no problem with that. But uh, mm. let me come back to ask you this. Okay. You know how iconic is Honda's Type R, right? Yes. Okay, and Honda is slowly moving into electric vehicles. But will they say Type R electric, Type R E? No. Yeah. Because they'll always the... be just Type R, you know. So this is the new, or at least a hint of the new direction for Volkswagen, the GT right. Bolt or the Golf GTI electrified, uh, as uh, we are going to expect it. I mean, I'd love to see it. Yeah, I would too. love to see it also, and then I, you know, I'm, I'll take a picture of the logo. <laughs> Last piece of news for this week: uh, recently, American automaker Ford made a decision to axe the entire uh, lineup of sedan cars in their fleet. And following suit this week are Swedish car makers Volvo, who just announced that it will be axing the entire sedan and wagon lineup in the UK due to low sales. This really surprises me. This. You see, I'm not surprised at all because this this is this was long time coming, long hmm. time coming. Because end of the day, you must remember, everybody is going towards SUVs. Hmm. Nobody is moving in any other direction at all. That is a fact already. You look around our city today; everything is high and hatchback. Hmm. Whether it's a crossover, something like a crossover, whether it's a hatchback car that has been raised, everybody is going in that direction. Now, station wagon. If you look at a station wagon, theoretically, that's an SUV that has been slammed. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> right. And you know, in Europe, I remember twenty, twenty-five years ago when I used to go to Europe for for test drives and everything. Station wagons were everywhere. You know. Oh yes. And then you see sedans, and then you don't see any SUVs. You see some large, big, lumbering vehicles like the Land Cruisers. You know. Yeah, SUVs were weren't a thing. You you like you say you had the the uh, the Range Rovers, the Land Rovers, that kind of thing. What we call the estate car. Correct, correct, yeah. and you know every every brand, every model had a wagon or estate, and they might even have two types. You know, one like a sloping back, one more squarish, one mm. with a smaller engine, one of the bigger engine. But they always had variants, and they and they did very well. They even did well with non-families. Even single people used to buy them because you know, they they can go sailing, they can go and do their lifestyle thing. Yeah, they're cycling, the tourer whatever. types. Yeah, you know now it's completely changed. Everyone wants an SUV, and the sad thing is, okay, fine. You want to do away with station wagons? I can understand because the SUV is there. But why take away sedans? You know, there's still a lot of people like that who said, "Hey, I like to drive a sedan," but it's changing also. And maybe I'm again, I'm too old and I'm not ready to, you know, switch completely. Let's go back to the to the Golf GTI, for example. And you right. you're of the opinion that you know a model like the Golf GTI is kind of kind of sacred. You know, you don't mess with that. Yes, model name. But are there yes. 
similar feelings to some models in Volvo. They have their flagship or like iconic models as well. Don't you think um, sedans like the S60 and the S90 are iconic to the Volvo brand? They are, but there's not a big following because even before, Volvo sold more wagons than anything else. You know, even the V40 wagon was, was selling well. So they they've always been like a wagonish kind of family. And then, of course, when the first XC90 came out more than 10 years ago, that was a runaway success. And now, since they've got so many SUVs and more are coming out and they're all electric, it just makes more sense to just, you know, fade out these models. Are we in Malaysia still going to see the sedans by Volvo? I think that's going to go by next year. Wow. I think by the time the EX90 arrives in Malaysia, which is the flagship electric SUV, I think the sedans will go because with the tax, tax-free tax uh, conditions, yeah. it just doesn't make sense to sell uh, plug-in hybrids or even hybrids. Oh, well, that was a nice long discussion, wasn't it? That was a good mm. one. Uh, folks, we need to take a break to get a breather, to drink some water, you know, all that kind of stuff. When we come back, we're going to be talking uh, a little bit about stranded luxury cars along the Federal Highway. And we do mean luxury. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after these messages here on BFM 89.9. FM 89.9, the business station. My name is Rich Bradbury. Welcome back to Cruise Control. It is part two. Moving on to our discussion du jour. Stranded luxury cars along the Federal Highway. Did you like that? Du jour. And we're going from French to British cars rotting along the Federal Highway. What's going on? I actually took this picture, I kid you not, four years ago. I took this picture four years ago when I happened to go to Continental National, which is right next to the big Carlsberg factory along the Federal Highway. Okay? And that's a mm-hmm. bonded warehouse for, for vehicles moving in and out for the, for, for the Continental National Company. So I saw these cars and I took a picture and I, and I, tried, I sent it out to a few people and said, do any of you know who the owner is because these cars are rotting there? And they said, no, we don't know, you know, but maybe it's some AP holder and blah, blah, blah. So I just left it and I just kept the picture in my archive. And then last week, I happened to go to the same place again. And the cars were still there. The same cars? The same cars in the same formation, but without the, the vents at the side of them. Oh, that's so sad. So they've not moved. They've aged even more. And they're just sitting there. So, you know, I, again, I asked a few people I know. They said, I think these cars were brought in on a, on a shoddy documentation. And, you know... The cars are like stuck in limbo. Uh, mm. You can't clear them and, you know, something so like that. Line, ju- you know? Just for those people at home listening who are not staring at this photo that we're staring at, um, there's uh, there's a couple of Rolls Royces. It looks like a Jaguar XJS convertible. Am I right? Uh, Actually, it's four Rolls Royces, one oh, Jaguar XJS convertible and one one very special Jag uh, Roadster, the old one, right at the, the right. end. Right, okay. <sighs> Daniel, what can we do about this? Yes, so I asked around. I've been I've been asking around for a week. Uh, you know, I know some AP holders. I know some some car importers. I mean, you know, they said this is an almost impossible task, but it's up to the government to put it up for tender. Then someone goes and tenders for it. Now, you know, when you tender for something like this, you got to re-register the cars. You got to bring in new documentation, and then you start thinking, okay, how much can I sell these cars for? Now, looking at the the condition of the the white Rolls Royce, let's start with the white Rolls Royce. That looks like the most decent condition one. The next one is the the, the next generation Rolls Royce, and then the third generation, and then there's another one with the second generation again, the fourth car. Now, the two second generation cars. 
today the market value is about 80,000 ringgit. Mm. Restored running condition. The mm. classic the classic white one is about maybe about 70,000. Now, if you go right to the end of the XJS, maybe about 110, 120,000 the convertible. Mm. Now, I'm giving you all the prices of these cars in running condition. Now, the, the classic Roadster, Jaguar Roadster right at the end, that's probably half a million ringgit. Now, I'm looking at these cars and they have the old yellow license plates on. British license plates. Yeah, correct. So, they were imported in many years ago. And, and I think this was not the first resting place. I think they were parked somewhere else, moved again, moved again, moved again. And then they were brought here. Because these license plates could date back 10, 15 years. Right. Have you done any searching on the license plates? No, I've not done any search on the license Because these cars were from UK, so they already imported in. So it doesn't matter who the first owners or second owners are in UK, you see? Right. What matters is here in Malaysia now, who, who's the owner and why is he leaving them like this? Or why isn't the government doing anything about it? Because it's sad to see such nice, grand old cars being left to rot in the sun. Such a know? shame. And then if you buy them as is, say you buy them for say, 10,000 ringgit each, okay? Let's, yeah. let's give a ballpark figure, 10,000 ringgit each. Documentation say another 10,000, that's 20,000 ringgit. To restore these cars, I think will cost more than 100,000. Wow. Talking about tires, fluids, rubbers, the interior, and yeah. then all the chrome pieces, you've got to redo them. And then we, do, we don't even know whether the engines will turn over or not. I'm guessing if they've been sat there for as long as they have, what? Yes. And then the fuel tanks will all be rusty. So you have to change the fuel tanks. And then anything metal might also be, be rusty underneath because, you know, with, with water condensation and everything, and then nothing is moving, you know? Hey, just sorry to interrupt. Right. I've just done a quick check on carcheck.co.uk. Okay. Uh, do you want to hear the results? Please tell us. It's a Rolls-Royce Silver Spirit in white, manufactured in 1980. Mm -hmm. uh, the MOT test number for 2008, it okay. failed. Okay. Offside rear parking brake didn't work. Offside rear fog lamp didn't work. Exhaust has deteriorated. Uh, parking brake didn't work. Horn doesn't work. <laughs> brake warning lights <laughs> don't work. Offside front detection indicator doesn't work. Uh, uh, it looks as though it had a bump on the front. Right. So that means this car was bought in the UK cheap because it, it had it failed MOT, right? That's right. So they probably bought it cheap, imported it in 2008, 2009. So that means what? 14 years so, in Malaysia? 14, so back in 2006, when it lasted its last MOT registration in the UK, it had 109,000 miles on it. Right. So like I said, restoring these cars, maybe, you know, it's going to cost more than the sale value, you know? Yeah. That's probably why it's sitting there. But why was it sitting for so many years? Probably because it failed everything. Mm. <laughs> but wow, great piece of uh, investigative journalism, Richard. <laughs> On the Six, ball, Richard, straight away. 6.7 litre engine. Yes. But Daniel, um, let's take it back to the first time you saw these cars lined up, parked there. I mean, what, what, what did you think about? At that point, I just thought it was some important classic car, AP holder, uh, brought in some cars. He was just going to do a spruce up and sell it because these cars come in all the time, you know? Right. Mm. And I've been to this yard maybe once or twice every few years. You know, uh, when I'm driving past, if I see anything interesting, I'll drive in, you know, I'll go and take a photograph, maybe talk to the guard or whatever. And, and now and then you do see some nice cars there, but they come and they go, they come and they go. But these cars are just parked there. Like the vans sitting there, those vans have, have disappeared. After a few months, they disappeared, right, you know? Right, And if today you go there, uh, if you take a picture today, where the cars are sitting, there's a fence along there now. Maybe people have been going and stealing small things, you know, like the like the badge, yeah, decals, yeah, 
the lady flying and all that, you know, you know, people I'm start thinking about the pinch the license plates. Yeah, you know, but the license plate maybe got no value, or maybe they, they kept the license plate so that you can do a check. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, but uh, one of the XJS is convertible, right? And it looks yeah. like one of the Rolls Royce also has like a vinyl top on it. Correct. They can't Correct. last very long here in Malaysia at all. That's sure. the thing. You know, the motors will be gone; would have seized. You know, and the motors are not cheap to do. Yeah. And uh, the vinyl would have, you know, the edges would have started, you know, peeling. Yeah. And then, of course, the rubbers, the rubbers, you know, in this heat. Rubbers would have gone because no treatment also. What a waste. Yeah. That's the thing. What a waste because these are magnificent cars. I mean, even if you couldn't drive them properly, you could put them somewhere in a showroom, you know, yes. maybe something just to kind of show off, you know, how things used to be. Yes. You know, I, I would like to get that XJ convertible, you know. Yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. 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 You pass this on to the custom culture guys and they're going to turn this into something. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, but I would just like it as it is. You know, the, the, the nice, the deep red color, black top. You mm. know. For for our listeners who are interested to go and have a look, uh, where is it exactly? Okay, Federal Highway, Carlsberg Factory. Right next to it is Container National. It's at the yard, Container National Yard itself. Mm. But you can't so go you into go. the yard because yep. it's a it's a protected area. But from the fence, you can see these cars. Hey. On that sad little note, let's wrap mm. up for this segment. Uh, we'll be back, though, of course, uh, with some other stuff. When we come back, it's a car review of the Toyota GR Corolla. We'll be right back after these messages here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome back to Cruise Control. We are into the third and final segment of this show, and it is a car review. It's the Toyota GR Corolla. Tell us all about this, and Daniel. There is so much I can tell you, but I'll just say this: awesome, awesome, <laughs> okay. awesome. Now, and that's the review. Okay, thank you very much for listening. <laughs> You know, after months of driving electric cars and commuter cars and boring SUVs, I have to use the word boring lah because a lot of SUVs, okay, they they, they got powerful engines, but they're boring lah. You know, mm. uh, boring in my sense because you know I I like I like a hot hatch, I like a manual car, and you know I thought to myself, you know, when will something really exciting happen? And then even the 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 the, the hot hatches that come are all mat, you know, automatic gearboxes, and mm. everything else. But you know they're okay, they're a little bit of fun, and then. BMW Toyota called him and said, "Hey Daniel, guess what? We have decided to register a GR Corolla. Now, oh. this is a limited edition hot hatch which has been sold out. The waiting list is about two years, okay? And when they did the first launch, they did it at Sepang Circuit. They gave all the media a little bit of a you know couple of laps with the car and everything else. But it was a controlled environment, so you couldn't really push it. So we thought, okay, that's it. After that, they'll sell the car to a dealer, and the dealer will sell it. Done." Mm. But they said they registered it. And I said, whoa, and you're going to give it to me to drive? They say, yes, you and some other media also. I said, ooh, lucky us. So mm-hmm. we went and picked up the car. And, you know, their headquarters in Shalam. I live in PGA, so I was driving back. And, you know, the excitement just kept flooding in and flooding in <laughs> and flooding in and flooding in. By the time I reached, you know, you know the, the, the PJ Hilton building? Yeah. Okay, I'm supposed to take the next turn off to come home. I said, no way, I'm not going home. <laughs> <laughs> I kept driving. I kept driving all the way down to Cheras, Kajang, 
came back on the plus highway, came back home late. I said, never mind. I love this car. Now, wow. it's a manual, six speed. That means you got three pedals that you have to work. Okay. Nowadays, people are even talking about one pedal because some electric cars got one pedal. So, they're so happy. Oh, one pedal. My legs are free, you know. <laughs> I want to use all three pedals. I want to use my left hand and work that gear shifter. And this car is just bags of fun. It's a 1.6 liter, three-cylinder turbocharged engine, okay? Mm-hmm. So, what it is, is basically a larger version of the Toyota Yaris GR, which was launched a couple of years ago. <clears throat> when the GR Yaris came along, people went cuckoo for it because it had fantastic figures, phenomenal handling for such a small car. It's now becoming one of the most sought-after, uh, you know, hot hatchers. Uh, it's in, in, in the World Cup, World Rally Championship and everything else. But when I test drove the GR Yaris, the two-door GR Yaris, whenever I parked it, I turned around, I did not want to look at it. Hmm. Okay. Because it wasn't attractive looking to me. And that is because it's a bit short. Mm. The proportions are not there because without the, the, the rear two doors, it's short. Now, there's a lot of wonderful looking two-door hot hatches. But this hot hatch just didn't do it for me. It's two-door, but it just didn't do it for me. It's not like uh. an early Golf GTI or an early Peugeot 205 GTI. It just looks stunted because it was tall and it's short, you know? Right, yeah. But when I got the GR Corolla, Every time I parked it, I looked back at it and it just was gorgeous. Front, rear, side. Every part of it, gorgeous. The proportions are just right. And then you get into the car. A, three pedals. So you know it's going to be a workhorse. Number two, gear shifter. Six-speed gear shifter. Proper short ratio. Nice clunky feeling. Something which a lot of manufacturers, supercar manufacturers have forgotten. You know, those days, Ferrari will give you this. Lamborghini will give you this. Audi will give you this. Today, they mm. all have buttons. They all have mm. automatic transmission. They've all gone boring. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, you get a GR Corolla. Proper gear shifter. Great. No paddle shifting nonsense at all. You want a real gear shifter, you know? And then you get a proper thick rim steering wheel. You know, not some fancy gimmicky one, you know? Mm. Uh-huh. Start the engine. That is the first disappointment. The first thing I didn't like about the car. You start the engine, it's quiet. Lah. <laughs> you know? It sounds like a Toyota Corolla with a modified exhaust. Lah, you know? Right, right. But it's got a lot of power, but it doesn't sound exciting. Okay? Yeah. So I said, okay, never mind. Lah. Don't be so picky. Lah. You know, they gave you the car to drive. You know, don't be a ding-dong. Lah, you know? Mm. Accept the fact. So I took it out. Nice, nice, very nice. It is so well balanced. This car is just, you know, it's not blindingly fast, mm. but it feels faster than it goes. So I give you an example. The direct competitor will be the Civic Type R. Oh. Now, Type R is the direct competitor. Same thing. Precise gear shifter, short throw, turbocharged engine, three pedals. Direct, right. beautiful car drive. But this car doesn't feel as fast as a Type R simply because it's too refined. The suspension setting, you know, GR has done such a good job with the suspension setting. It's not harsh. It's actually very mm. pliant. So you mm. can actually put your family in it and go supermarket shopping, for example, you know? Ah. It doesn't tram line. It doesn't it doesn't skittle all over the road. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then you got the other competitor, the Golf R. Now the Golf R is quick. But the Golf R has got a lot of sound, a lot of emotion, a lot of boop, 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 you know, and everything else, you know? Mm. 
but the Golf R is automatic, you know. <laughs> and then you got the McGain RS. Oh, another really nice car, but no one wants to buy it because it's not pleasing enough. You know, it's not emotional enough. And then you got the BM135i, which is fast. It's got the sound. It's got all the technology going for you. But it's, you know, it's it's it tramlines. It's skittish, you know. Mm. And then you got the Mercedes AMG A35. Whoa, that's a powerhouse. <laughs> fast. Lot of noise. AMG. Boom, 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 boom. Every gear shifter. But it's not a manual. You know? Hey, yeah. Yeah. Then you get into the GR Corolla manual, brother. <laughs> Three pedals. <laughs> Now, the zero to hundred acceleration time of this car, because it's a one point six, it's got three hundred PS, three hundred and seventy newton meters. Doesn't sound like a lot, but it's got five point three seconds. All the cars I mentioned earlier are two liter, right? Mm. Except for the Megane. So all the other cars are two liter turbocharged. Now all of them are doing four point three, four point four, four point five, four point eight seconds. So they are about a second faster than this car. But can you really feel that one second? You tell me. Can you? I don't. I don't think so because this car feels fast enough. And you know this car comes with eco mode, normal, and 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 sport. If you put it in eco mode, it's still a lot of power delivery. You put it in normal, yeah, it's there. But when you go to sport, it Just moves. It just delivers. The response is quick. It's fast. It's it's intoxicating. Wow! Listen to this. Yeah. So this car just brought back so many memories for me. You know, because I I love cars like this, and I think cars there still should be people manufacturing cars like this for people for me until the day I go upstairs, lah. You know, which is the second mm. floor. But until then, please give us cars like this. So the GR Corolla maybe three cylinder. It may be only 1.6 liter, but it's got bags of fun. It's what driving is all about. Now, my only uh, plea, plea to Toyota. I'm pleading with them because you know why? I can't afford 355,000, and I don't expect them to give me a, a 50% discount. I'm just telling them: Can you build me this car exactly the way it looks, manual, mm. but with a 1.8 liter engine? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Because maybe I can't, I I won't get the power, but I'll get the looks. Mm. I'll get the interior. I'll get that gearbox. You know, um, I'll okay, get the so three pedals. You know. Go on. So you were saying one thing you didn't like about it to start off with was that it sounds a little bit too relaxed. It's not. It doesn't sound aggressive. What exactly. else about it didn't like? Okay. Now this one is you know you you're gonna find this funny, but you know. After taking the car out, as I was driving up to Kajang, you know, once you once you hit Kajang, there's a lot of traffic. I'm sure you guys have been there, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I started using the horn, and the horn goes. <laughs> <laughs> I, said, I said, "Come on, man! This one's something wrong." <laughs> so if I were to buy the car, the first place I go to accessory shop and change the horn. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. Right. How, how much are we looking at? Okay, it's three hundred and fifty-five thousand ringgit. You know, that's um, about the price of all the cars that I mentioned. Just now, it's you know it's in that realm. So, it's a very tough choice. So, if you're looking for a daily hot hatch to really have fun, and you are willing to drive a manual six-speed, please consider this car. Yes, the waiting list is long, but it's worth the wait. Now, if you say to yourself, "No, I I I want I want a car that's also automatic," then by all means, you got all the others to buy, and I can understand that. Now I had a few friends come over to because when I when I put this car on social media the pictures few friends wanted to come over and have a look all of them are car enthusiasts 
Every single one of them who took the car out said this. I want this car, but not at this price. Right. Because it carries the name Corolla. Right. They said, hey, how can they charge so much for a Corolla? You know? Mm. And I could understand where they're coming from. Because when you say Mercedes 350, okay, BMW 350, no problem. Golf R 350, no problem. So everybody is willing to pay 350000 for a German hot hatch. You know, or even, even you know, Italian or, or, or mm. French or whatever. But when you say a Japanese Corolla at 350, a bit hard to swallow, you know? Mm. Now, if it was a Toyota GT86 Turbo, which they don't make yet, but you know, if they had it, Toyota GT86 Turbo, 350,000, I think it'll sell because then it's a GT86, you know? Mm. When you say a Cor- Toyota Supra, 350,000, no problem, it'll sell because it's a Supra. Or... If you use the name Celica, which which has not been used for a long time, if you say Toyota GR Celica and you charge three hundred fifty thousand, no problem, people will pay. But the word Corolla and three hundred fifty thousand, very hard to swallow. I see where you're getting at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. It's not a sports car. It, the name doesn't relate to a sports car because Corolla has never been really a sports car. They've had hot hatches before, mild hot hatches. You know. Yeah. But nothing of this caliber, nothing of this much excitement. And you know, you look at the pictures, you might not be drawn too much of it, but if you see it close up, it's an awesome looking car. The fit and finish in the in the interior is is above a normal Toyota, just below a Lexus. You know, roof really? lining, uh, carpets, touch and feel points, seat comfort, everything is premium in this car. That is why I want this car with a 1.8 liter engine manual. I don't need all the GR accessories. I just need the looks only. Just the looks. Hmm. Well, and then you, you charge me about you charge me about hundred and forty thousand I can afford. I think that's the most excitable I've heard Daniel ever. <laughs> ever. <laughs> ever. And he's been ever. driving Ferraris and Porsches and you know all kinds of things. Maseratis. And, 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 and Maseratis, eh? <laughs> mm. <laughs> humble Toyota Corolla does this to him. Yes. Well, there you go. Because three pedals and uh-huh. a gear shifter. Well, thank you very much for that review, Daniel. You're most welcome. Okay, it's time for us to wrap up the show, uh, folks. If you did miss any part of this show, don't forget it is a show in three parts. We started off with some discussions about the launches of the BMW iXs and uh, the M2 Coupe, Toyota Land Cruiser 250, the new VW Trademark, the uh, GT Flash or something. Listen back and you'll hear all about that. <laughs> then, of course, we had the discussion about the stranded luxury cars along the Federal Highway. If you know anything about them, get in touch with the show. That would be really nice. Uh, and then we wrap up of course with that glowing review of the toyota gr corolla we'll be back same time same place next week for cruise control the car show here on bfm 89.9 the business station you have been listening to a podcast from bfm 89.9 the business station For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.